Welcome to the I Tell the Truth Even When I Lie podcast, where black leadership and black entrepreneurship is encouraged and being unapologetically Afro-Latino is authorized. With your host, Luis Martinez. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Hey guys, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in to the I Tell the Truth Even If I Lie podcast. Um, just a quick update for you guys before I go on my soliloquy about the vlog and the YouTube channel. Um, I want to make sure that I bring great audio and video content to you guys when I interview all these important people in the surrounding Southern California area, uh, San Diego, L.A. area. And so um, I'm, I apologize. I'm such a perfectionist. Um, I want to get all my video and audio right for the for the YouTube channel. And if you guys know anything about, you know, YouTube and vlogging and stuff like that, everyone knows that the audio, especially the video is very important and vital to someone's success. So forgive me, I'm being a perfectionist and that's coming soon. So as soon as I, I get those equipment, I'm going to start interviewing all these important people that you, you guys should know about that are doing big things in Southern California as far as the entrepreneurship field and industry and you know they're black latino um for the most part minorities so um i want to bring that to the forefront again i apologize but it's coming soon just be patient with me and i'll bring that to you guys shortly in audio but until then um i might just do a little bit of vlogging for my iphone um just to let you guys in on some of the stuff or the events that i go to and just to you know kind of play with it out there until i get all the proper video and audio set for a proper podcast and a proper interview. Now, um, I want to get into this one thing before I get started on the main topic of today's podcast, which is um, I made a Facebook post about a week ago or so about um, do your research and make sure that you be careful who you're who you call your mentor. Okay, and so I've been to several events over the past couple of weeks and thought I wanted to dive into this a little bit. Um, so I want to talk about doing your due diligence and research on these individuals that you, you know, you want to collaborate with or you call your mentor. Um, I suggest you do it. And I'm not necessarily talking about the background, the formal background checks. You know, I mean, you can do that and that's fine. But I'm talking more of a moral and ethics background check because most of the time that's not going to show up on a background check, a formal background check, unless you're a pedophile or some or someone who you know ran a, a, a hedge fund or a, you know a Ponzi scheme or something like that. So, but other than that, I want you to do your ethics and moral um, background check on these individuals because. They may not line up with your morals and your standards and your ethics, okay? You know, for example, and this is no disrespect to no one, but since I'm doing a podcast on black leadership, I have to say this. It doesn't make sense as a, if you're a black startup for per se, right, to go get money from Silicon Valley if your purpose is to serve black people. Like, that's kind of a dis disservice to your brand and your product, you know? And so when someone comes in and they try to offer you money, you want to do your due diligence, okay? You want to make sure that their goals align with yours. 
not saying that you can't work with people from other races, but make sure that if you do do that, that make sure that your um, mission and, and vision statement is very clear to them. That this is my brand, this is, you know, my target audience. Because a lot of times they will go ahead and switch the narrative and once they give you the money, now they feel that they need to call the shots. And all of a sudden you're a quote-unquote you know, minority brand. And that can be stretched out to LGBT and women. And I mean, that's no disrespect to them, but you know, they have their own platforms. And so I'm trying to promote the, the black agenda per se. So just a, a example of why you want to do your due diligence when it comes to doing your research. And also you want to do your research because someone might be doing something morally wrong and you may not know about it, you know? And so I've come across a situation like that recently and where and not necessarily the person was doing anything wrong, but, you know, they have people in their organization that may be doing some funny stuff. And, um... Yeah, so make sure you do your due diligence, okay? Make sure these people are good for your brand. Make sure they're morally up to par, ethically up to par. So I'm just warning you because, you know, I recently kind of been through that situation. And, yeah, you wouldn't believe some of the things that I found out. So um, please, 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 I beg you, do your due diligence with entrepreneurs. Because you never know where they're getting their money from, their funding, um, and you know, all that good stuff. And so me as a New Yorker, I, I like to, you know, say, and I'm pretty sure most New Yorkers would, um, agree with me that we have a very, very good bullshit radar and we detect bullshit pretty good, you know, and maybe people don't like the way we may address someone's bullshit. But we're pretty good at detecting bullshit. And so um, when you detect bullshit in that specific area when it comes to someone might be ethically or doing something that's not up to your moral compass and standards and ethics, um, depending on the situation, because it might be serious, you know, I'm in a position now where the situation that I'm going through, per se, that I seriously might consider have to tell um, someone of importance because, you know, they're talking about dealing with kids and stuff and especially kids of um, African descent. And one thing that I will not allow on my watch is if I know you're talking bull bullshit to these kids and you're worried about, you're worried about money, you're worried about your brand, and your main concern is not helping these kids. A lot of these kids come from poor, you know, backgrounds. And I don't want these kids to get duped, okay, because someone is being ethically or, or immoral. And I know about it, and I don't say nothing. So I'm pretty close to saying something because, you know, they're dealing with kids in my community, per se. Not the community I grew up with, but you know what I'm saying. Kids that are similar to me in the way I grew up. And so, 
I'm not going to sit back and watch them get done dirty like that. So, you know, I'm on the verge of saying something, and I feel that is important for me to express. So, if you see something, especially when, you know, dealing with kids, because that's a very sensitive topic, you know, most of my listeners and people are probably parents or, you know, have nieces and nephews. So you understand the severity of what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of like my, my soliloquy on that. Please do your due diligence. Um, there's too many weirdos and there's too many people that are just running around just doing wrong. So. Yeah. So please do. So. I want to segue into another topic. Um, so I want to segue into um, a topic that's near and dear to my heart and that I'm going to spend the majority of this podcast on. And I want to talk about, um, especially black men, I want to talk about friends and, you know, the homies and the crew. And that's kind of a very, very touchy topic when it comes to black men. Especially growing up in the hood, because when you grow up in the hood, you know, you have friends that you grew up with, or you play sports with, or you hung out in the street with, did your dirt in the street with, you know, you knew, you know, as we call it in the hood, you know, I knew somebody since free lunch, that kind of thing. And so as we get older, you know, there's certain criteria that as a man that you're, you know, put this in parentheses, so-called me, and... A lot of us black men, and I'm including myself in this, that we have issues becoming adults and handling grown men business. And that could be for several reasons. You know, obviously one reason is the black diaspora and white supremacy in terms of like not having a father there and not doing, you know, not just. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Welcome to the I Tell the Truth Even When I Lie podcast, where black leadership and black entrepreneurship is encouraged and being unapologetically Afro-Latino is authorized. With your host, Luis Martinez. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. You know, not only we're talking about the black diaspora and white supremacy and things that came along with that, but we're also going to talk about um, the crack era and how that affected thousands and thousands of people, um, black and Latino homes where, um, black fathers were dying from overdose or other drug dealers killing each other or, you know, getting sent, I mean, years in prison. We talk about football numbers for those that don't know and the difference between powder cocaine and crack cocaine. And in effect, what that did was that pretty much in America's eyes was the problem solving um, I guess effect on America you know they thought that they were solving problems by actually doing that but in all reality they're the ones that i.e. the government they're the ones that actually put the drugs there so um, maybe people know that maybe people don't but um, I wouldn't be a good, um, I guess, journalist or 
however you want to put me um, if I wouldn't if I didn't uh, address that now what does that have to do with you know black men and friends and things of that nature well it has a lot to do with it because in essence you know the friends that you usually grow up with and anybody that has grown up in an urban community would tell you that a lot of times those gentlemen don't make it you know statistics say that you have a better chance of going to jail than graduating high school so I mean just even that thought alone is like ridiculous like we have plenty of black boys and black young men that do graduate high school and do graduate college and have advanced degrees, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of times if you go into the mainstream media, um, that's not something that they want to promote. You know, they want to promote if you're a music producer, if you're, you know, something of the entertainment industry. And there's nothing wrong with being an entertainer. Like, again, everybody has different talents. I'm not knocking it. You know, I played a little bit of professional basketball. So, in a sense, I was an entertainer too. I come from that. So, I'm definitely not going to knock that hustle. But the thing is that it's almost as if they expect you to be that. And then they treat you as if, you know, they they try to match your IQ with that specific um, sport or, you know, type of music that you do or different kinds of entertainment. And so, and how that affects the mindset of a young man is that he walks around thinking the only way that he can um, succeed in America is to, you know, if he learned how to shoot a jump shot, if he learned how to break a press, you know, if he learned how to, you know, hit 400 in high school or, you know, have, you know, 15 sacks in the season or he has a deep arm or he can catch the ball. You know, and a lot of us did. I they a lot of us did get our self esteem from playing sports, from entertainment, from singing, from rapping, and we have to use these talents to our advantage so we can pour back into the communities. Because you know, like God says, not everyone has the same talent. So um, what I see a lot of times is. And I'm rambling off here, but what I see a lot of times is people fleeing the community, you know, once you do get those advanced degrees or once you do um, get a certain financial plateau. And um, it's basically, you know, a detriment to our community um, because they don't know any better. Now, going back to the topic at hand when it comes to the bros and stuff like that, um, Speaking of entertainment, as a matter of fact, um, I believe that we have a growing up issue when it comes to black men, in particular, men that come from the hood, basically, or urban areas, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I could speak from experience myself, you know, dealing with certain things um, now that I, I didn't necessarily have to deal with when I was younger in that state of mindset in the community.
Yeah, and so mental illness is is really, really, really a hot topic, you know, especially in the black community when it comes to black men, because as we all know, you know, we we don't go to the doctor, you know, we have this thing about the doctor and all that stuff. But um, I'm going a little bit off track here, but let me stay the course a little bit. And so um, a little bit about my personal experiences with as far as like friends and knowing how to deal with certain things. What I didn't understand is that, you know, I came from a culture where um, family was very, very vital, uh, vital. And I come from a very um, communal background where the community helps each other out. And so... And, you know, we spoke a different language. We have a different culture. Um, I actually, you know, know my African dialect and know where I come from. And so I never understood as a kid how important that was and how I saw life and how people that were also black around me, but they were African-American, how they saw life and how they viewed things. And I didn't know there was such a big difference, you know. And I remember my friends used to tell me, well, you know, you're, 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 you're Spanish or you're, you're, you know, whatever, Latino. Even though technically speaking, um, as a kid, they used to say I'm Spanish, but I'm, I'm not from Spain, so I can't be Spanish. So <laughs> I'm Latino and that's the correct term for it. More, um, specifically an Afro-Latino. And so I know some of my um, peoples don't like to even be called that. They want to be called Garifunas. So, um, and that's my background. But since we don't necessarily have African last names and we have Hispanic last names, which that's another story, but I'll just leave it at us being Afro-Latinos. But um, that played a big role because, you know, I didn't necessarily know what it was like to not know where my father was at. You know, even though we we didn't converse like that, I knew where he was. I knew he was working and, you know, he lived in the house with us. He was working. He was busy putting food on the table, putting clothes on our backs, you know, just putting his head down and, you know, chopping that wood. And, um, you know, subconsciously, you know, I took on that role and idea of oh okay that's what it is to be a man like to you know your word is your bond you say what you do gonna do and you take care of the crib and the household you know and subconsciously that's what I saw so you know I took that on even though I wasn't necessarily told that but I took that on well my friends didn't even have that you know my friends I mean they didn't even know the first clue, you know, how to be a man. And so the first thing that they turn to is the streets. And the streets, you know, they live by a code. And that code doesn't necessarily translate to real life in a lot of situations. So, for example, you know, if you have a, a woman and usually women are not referred to in the streets like women, they're you know, bitches, hoes, sluts, you know, all, all the negative connotations that come with being a woman in that, in that world in the streets, you're just seen as that, a bitch and all, and a hoe and 
some broad or whatever the case may be, but they never they never was taught that that woman is a woman and a human being, and you need to respect that woman as such. So it's a it's a hard thing because they see a lot of them they see all women in that same light for the most part, and they're not taught those basic values of yo know, you know you got to treat women with respect. Um, you know, if a woman is standing, you know, offer your seat to a woman, hold the door for a woman. Um, if she's pregnant, give up your seat. Um, if you, if you, uh, if you two are walking down the street, make sure she's walking on the inside, you know, things of that nature. And a lot of men don't, don't know that or, or don't care either way. <laughs> so as Looking back in hindsight, yeah, and so for the life of me, I never used to understand how um, some of my friends would, they would treat women. And don't get me wrong, you know, I had my share of issues as well. You know, I'm not excluded from this um, situation per se, but... I mean, it was like almost like venomous how they would like treat women and like I would I would never understand. I'd be like, Well, why why did you do that? And you know, I didn't understand the psychological aspects of their background and, you know, who their mother was or who like you know what I'm saying? So it's a very tricky situation when it comes to um dealing with that and a lot of men just don't understand the concept of being a man now saying that i'm gonna say that there are men black men who do know better and who who do treat their women with respect and who do do the right thing and it's up to those men to actually hold the men that are not holding up their end of the bargain accountable for their actions I see too many times where young men and again maybe they don't have the guidance either but I also see grown men doing this that when there is a physical altercation or or even a domestic violence situation that comes up in public you know people are so quick to pull out their phones and watch and that's everybody. So I understand you may want to do it for legal reasons to where there's visual evidence of a person maybe being attacked or something like that. That's very understandable. Um, that's, that's fine with me. But then there's people who just pull out their phones just so they could load it up on Instagram or Facebook and just say, yo, this is crazy. These people are dumb or stupid and, you know, spectating I mean it's something wrong with that when the first thing you want to really think about when there's a situation is you pull out your phone and it's grown men doing it which means their sons are seeing that and going to do the same thing because men are not even supposed to allow that to go down like that if you're a real man you, you break that situation up You know, when people say, well, 
Men do it too. Yeah, men do do it too. Men do it too. And they suckers for that. And only in certain situations where I could understand some a man doing that to another man. You know, if he disrespects his woman or his kids. I shouldn't say his woman, but his girlfriend or he's around his kids. And someone does that to offend them or threaten them. Then I can understand that being in a public forum. But even then, sometimes men be like, yo, let me holler at you outside or, you know, we go to the bathroom and we, we talk about it as men. If we can't come to an agreement, then we can't come to an agreement. Or if we have to knuckle it up, then we have to knuckle it up or whatever the case may be. But that's more of a man approach to it, you know, trying to at least talk it out before, you know, anything physical happens. And I'm not advocating violence at all. I'm definitely not advocating violence. But. There's just ways to move. And a lot of young men are not moving the right way. And I never understood that. And you know what? I don't even blame them. Because a lot of them have single mothers and no disrespect to the single mothers. Matter of fact, shout out to all the single mothers out there that's actually working hard and doing their damn thing and taking care of their kids and just trying to make the best, you know, of a situation that's not maybe favorable to them. So shout out to them, like real talk. But unless they get that that knowledge from a man, unless they get that that knowledge and wisdom and just schooling them on the ins and outs of being a man, like a lot of times that young man is gonna be lost. And I hate to admit that, but that's fact, ladies. He's gonna be lost. So, not in every case, but, you know. Yeah, so, I just want to end on this note <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me, we got to start holding men accountable for their actions, and we just got to do better, like, and understand that every day is a process. You know, no one man is perfect, and this includes me. So, um, I think I did enough talking for now. <laughs> But a couple of updates. Um, I'm on the um, Tech Minority Report podcast with H. Fuentes. So you can also check that out on iTunes. Again, that's the Tech Minority Report. So basically, he brings in a whole bunch of people from the tech field. And they ask some questions about entrepreneurship and more specifically about how that fits into the minority agenda. And so... You're gonna see me in there. You're gonna, I'm gonna grill these people. I'm gonna ask them questions. I'm gonna make them feel uncomfortable. I'm gonna get down to the nitty gritty. But at the same time, I wanna, I wanna let everyone know that I'm not begging. <laughs> I'm not doing none of that. And so I'm always about uplifting and I'm always about, um, empowerment. So not necessarily, um, inclusion. Cause again, you know, all the other stuff can be diluted when it comes to the black agenda and what we need as a people. So, um, that's, that, that should be fun. So the episode, um, the new episode should come out maybe tomorrow, I want to say on the tech minority report. So look that up on iTunes and, um, I'm on the, I'm on the next episode. I'm going to be on a couple of, of the next episode. So, um, look out for that. Also, I'm going to be guest starring there for a few episodes on that. 
And um, again, I'm going to be heading the diversity track for Startup San Diego. And so I'm working on getting speakers and all the other stuff. Like I said, I will have more info out for you guys. I'm actually going to a meeting um, tonight as of this recording. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have more information for you guys probably next week about, you know, the talks and, you know, what am I, what am I going to be talking about? And so it's going to be a huge event at the San Diego Civic Center. So look out for that. Also, um, like I said, coming soon, I'm going to have the video. So when I actually interview people, there's going to be video with it. And so you know, I want to make the YouTube channel, you know, good and, you know, all the vlogging and follow me around all the events that I go to and the people that I meet on a daily basis. But stay consistent to my message, which is, you know, I'm for black people, by black people, and always will be about that agenda. So I will never deviate from that agenda, even though I may have friends that may not be black. And, you know, I'm cool with everybody, you know, but, you know, my cause is my cause. And, you know, I want to see more people fighting for us instead of, you know, begging other people, you know, for validation to get accepted into their world and then never come back into you know, the black community and offer value and teach them how to fish. So again, um, thanks again for tuning in for the podcast. Hopefully I see you guys um, next time and peace. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.